0: Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this Sunday morning via ZenCaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, it's been quite a week for the Islanders. Uh, Three games, two of them were losses. One of them was a win that might not be the most encouraging one we've seen. Uh, And really, the Islanders are back in the playoffs right now. But they have a huge week coming up against teams that are uh, at least one team that's directly in front of them. and. I don't know. Not not a whole lot has changed from the last time we talked despite again three three kind of uh games that are each a story unto themselves. Uh w- what are you feeling right now uh since the last time we talked?
2: Yeah, it it I think the one thing that has changed is that uh the Capitals and Penguins are are well the Penguins are still struggling and now Washington's lost a few games in a row. So Yes, that's that important. feels a little bit better, but with the team, it's more of the same uh they're they're playing the hits and uh <laughs> it's frustrating there's a there's a lot of um there's a lot of uh, these all three these three games were distinctly different i think that's yeah. that's pretty fun funny to think about because I think a lot of these islander games this season have followed the same kind of path uh yeah. but these three in the the week were were all very different like that stars game hard fought loss lose the shootout. Uh and then the Wild game I don't know if I was you know really racking my brain uh for the last time I felt as dejected leaving an arena for an Islander mm-hmm. game than yeah. I did after leaving uh the Wild game because they put a, that was one of the best goaltending performances you you'll see all season from Ilya Sorokin who's just been outstanding uh for the whole season but he's been especially outstanding the past since the holiday break uh and i was going back to, through my head and and the one game that popped out of my head was the Hallwig simon game uh leaving that arena <laughs> even though they made the playoffs wow. that year <laughs> I, I know that's how long it was because because well, you think about what's happened between now and between this game and that game like oh my god or right? Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and, but most of the, most of it has been, yeah, I'll, I'll be pissed leaving an Islanders loss, but a lot of seasons were, 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 were just lost seasons in that mix, right? Like, yeah. Oh, oh no, they just, they just lost to the Atlanta thrashers, but you know, Doug Waite was, <laughs> is there, is there their leading scorer? Like, I'm not, what am I expecting out of this team? Um, and then, you know, then fast forward to, you know, my friend said that that was the, the worst he's felt after a loss since, uh, I don't know if you remember this one, but the last that last season in the Coliseum when they did make the playoffs and and Yaro Halak gave up just like a terrible goal to the Flyers very late in the third. And it and, oh, and it, yeah. didn't, it didn't like derail yeah. the season or anything. That's the difference, right? Like this one felt like yeah. it could, you know, der- derail the season if if they hadn't beat the Canadians. And um yeah, so so I, I like kept racking my brain to think of one and, and I was thinking about that the season with Mike Comrie and Garen and, and fed I'm like, I'm sure there was a game in there, but even that one, like the, the team just wasn't a serious contender for, for a long, for most of the second half, uh, for a playoff spot. So that's why I went all the way back to, to Simon and whole Cause right. that game, like this one was, it, it felt pretty hard fought. The Islanders got a great goaltending performance from DPA Uh, the crowd was great. Uh, and then, uh, it wasn't even like, the Simon Holwig read like the the fact that I I saw that honestly like where my seats were for that were weren't I couldn't see what happened and it was pre Twitter or you know, mm-hmm. really anybody being able to send you a quick video here's what happened video. So I left yeah. that game thinking, you know, I've Chris Simon maybe punched Ryan Holwig or or something <laughs> and I've no idea what happened. I was I was upset because of the way they lost. Like the Simon gets gets the penalty and the Rangers score yeah. on a power play late in the game and uh that game felt like, cause the Islanders at that point had, they were, they were in the same kind of mushy middle where they're trying to get the eight seed. And, and it looked like that loss could derail them. And, uh, and I just remember walking out of that arena with Ranger fans who were all, you know, gloating and whatever. Uh, and uh, just feeling like, wow, this is, this is the worst, the worst feeling as a sports fan. <laughs> and then uh, after this wild game, some, 17 years later <laughs> mm. i i walk out uh i walked to my car which you know, i i parked you know somewhere on the street and and i uh i just sat in my car for like you know 30 minutes and just sat there and was like woof like right uh, and it wasn't just a loss it was i knew it, it, they didn't get any points out of that game and mm. that sucked but i also was sad because i knew what the next 48 hours were going to be and I nailed it in my head. I was like, I'm going to hear about, you know, well, this team needs to blow it up. They need to trade Sorokin so they can just bottom out. They need to, you know, yeah. resigning Barzell was probably a mistake. They should, you know, they should be looking to trade players like him. <laughs> like I, I, I saw it all. And I was like, this is just so exhausting. And it, because yeah. it, it, in reality, it was one game and, and it was an a inexcusable loss, but it was just one game. And uh, dealing with all that, in your head in, in in your car alone before it actually happens mm. uh you know that that was tough uh and then you know i drove home and got mm. home and, and was sad and uh, i had spilled pizza all over myself before the game too <laughs> like I, I was i was just a, a oh proper mess going into that game like right. i i saw i what i, I, I sat with matt matt maddie the usher who who came mm. on our, our weird islanders brent sople episode and i i told him i was like look i have you know pizza grease all over my pants and i apologize for for the state of myself here um funny. and uh, yeah and and then i drove home mm. and uh that was you know just that was one of one of the the toughest nights uh regular regular season nights as uh i've had in a while because playoff losses are a different you know kind of breed in themselves like you walk yeah, out of the arena oh, sad but you're in the right. playoffs so it's a little different
0: right and there's always like okay you know you're trying to game out Okay, well, you know, what do we got to do if this is game 3? Well, you know, right. obviously they got to win game 4 and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I I felt the same exact way, but because I was at home watching on my couch on my laptop as I as I normally was, my post-game um sort of activity was completely different. I just turned, I just immediately cl- as soon as that clock hit 0.0, I just closed the window immediately. I didn't want to hear Brendan and Butch or was that was that Alan and Butch? I forget. I I didn't want to hear any kind of explanation or breakdown of the game i i knew what i saw and what i saw just really pissed me off so i was gonna i was gonna ask where we wanted to start but since we're on this one let's start with the wild game well actually let's start with its prequel the the dallas game uh which was an irritating loss but um one in which i think the islanders played pretty well um it was a 2-1 dallas shootout win uh we'll get to the, the shootout nonsense in a second but I mean Dallas we talked about last week is a really really good team and the Islanders I thought played really well um you know Jason Robertson scored early but then Anders Lee tied it you know they they came back they didn't kind of just sit back and uh they, they really took it to the stars um there was a couple of weird sort of penalties Cal got a penalty for a broken stick in the second period um oh the start was actually pretty good for once um Casey Zekas thought he had a goal but got called back for his Bo was off sides a little bit um there was a lot of good setups kind of in the third period and they kept pushing it uh ot was split evenly islanders in the first half dallas mostly in the second half dobson was on for three minutes at one point um and then robertson again who's just you know he's had a, a magnificent season so far uh scored the only goal in the shootout um jake ottinger was fantastic he was you know he had 27 saves Sorokin, like you said, was also fantastic at 25. So, you know, that's the kind of game, and I've said this a lot over the last couple of years, where, you know, you can you can accept a game like that if you if the team has been winning all the games that it should have been winning. And, of course, the Islanders this season have not. You know, if you just get beat by a better team or, you know, they, that one team, not even, you know, you could say, well, we were even with these guys. They just had the edge. They scored in the coin flip, you know, skills competition or whatever. All right, well, it is what it is. But that game while not really nearly reaching the nadir of the wild game which we'll talk about again in a second was was this a, a different kind of annoying because of all of the sort of lost points prior to that um but it, in a vacuum I thought they they played pretty well in that game and that was that was one of their better performances again they were coming back from the road trip uh what what'd you make of the Dallas game you weren't at this one too were you, nah. you rolling only at the I think you yeah, were at the last the two right? you weren't at this one uh
2: yeah that was that was the the type of game where if it happened in you know the middle of november or something even with the loss you'd be like wow that's you know that's a good point they mm-hmm. played well or whatever but considering the context of where the islanders are every every morsel that they could pick up in the standings is is so important right now um so it it, it felt fine because you're like okay if they they carry that into the wild game you should be all right and there've been games uh, that the Islanders have won this season that, that they were the benefactors of what Jake Oninger did. So that stuff does tend to kind of, to, to even out unless you're the Rangers and uh, <laughs> this, this, it, it was, it was much more encouraging than discouraging. I know the shootouts are just a mess and have been for wow. now two seasons in a row, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not totally concerned with that. I think that's just, Kind of more noise and variance than anything, but uh, what the, what that that game was was like another. You know, we have, you know, those those cabinets that you see in like law offices or doctors' offices where you pull them out and there's all the Manila envelopes and, they're Oh yeah, the, definitely. The uh, office manager is rifling through them with with their <laughs> fingers to try to find your file. That was another one for for that cabinet, which is like in case you didn't know the islanders need some help scoring goals uh, <laughs> they just needs they need some you can put that one in in the file with with about yeah. a thousand other games uh, that we've seen uh since since Matt Barzel came here and uh but the, the the funniest part of that game was the islanders you know they they go into that game off the road trip uh they go down one nothing and mm. they the whole kind of narrative that was surrounding the team uh, for in that road trip and coming home was like, they need to start strong and they come yeah. back home and you're like, they're going to come out, you know, firing. And I think that they did. And then they yeah. go down one, nothing. And when that goal went in, because I was expecting them just to, you know, kind of wilt <laughs> uh, kept coming off the, the road trip. I, I had like a really long, you know, conversation with myself for the next few minutes until the Islanders <laughs> tied it up. Like, trying to think about what I would be doing mm. if I just had, if I just quit the Islanders. Mm. You know, like what right in, in, at right. at seven forty five p.m. on a on a Tuesday night. You know, what would I be, would I be watching something else? Would I
0: yeah, whatever yeah. I would be doing would hopefully you could be, be do, doing anything else other than yeah, this.
2: <laughs> like what? But what would it be like? Like considering you know who I am, you know, I'm I'm not gonna be able to change who I am. You know, it's a, I'm, I'm approaching 33. So, like, I am, you know, this is me and whatever. But, like, w- so what would this version of me be doing if I had mm-hmm. just thought, ah, you know, like, like what if I just write this second, turn this game off? And, you know, I've, I've been able to do it with the NFL. Like, I I was a really big Giants fan growing up, but n- not close to what I'm like with the Islanders, but big mm-hmm.
0: Giants. fan, And I just have completely kind of cut the NFL yeah. out of my life. Awesome. that's what i did with baseball i was into the yankees a lot and then one day i wasn't and i was yeah. like i don't need this anymore <laughs> yeah. i was like if i can just do that if i did that right this second mm. and jason robertson
2: scored uh the most predictable goal that you can imagine cause he's <laughs> just he's gonna score like we should just give it to him before the game starts right. um you know what would i be doing right now mm. uh and i didn't really come up with a good answer so then i just kept watching <laughs> And, and and here you have to I change am. your entire lifestyle yeah basically. exactly like there's so much stuff i'd have to get rid of right. um but yeah and then the islanders you know came back and uh like they played well and there were so many opportunities for them to win that game and if mm-hmm. they had if the islanders had had anybody with with you know some sort of finishing talent outside of you know the, the regular suspects right. uh they win that game and uh i i I the other kind of thing I took out of that game was we talked so much about how, you know Matt Barzell needs help and and it's mm. true, but I think one thing that goes under the radar with with that is, you know so does Brock Nelson like like yeah. Brock Nelson's one of the best number two centers in the league he'd be a number one center on so many teams in in the NHL. Uh and he's had he's having he had a career year last year. He's in the middle of an all-star season this year. I know he's in a slump right now, but I think that is related to the point I'm making. Um, if you know, if Brock Nelson if if Matt Barzell had, you know, a a a a suitable kind of shotgun mate, uh, and then Anders Lee or whoever because I think the Islanders what they have on the wings is a lot of guys who are good third pieces to mm-hmm. wings. You you generally need two guys to drive a line and then if you can find that third guy to to be a, a suitable you know third wheel like you're 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 in really good business right and and the islanders have so many third wheels but they don't have that that shotgun guy and if if barzell had the shotgun guy then maybe someone bumps down to to nelson's wing and he ends up being a good shotgun guy or they get another one and um neither one of them have their sidekicks like the Mm. like the fact that barzell and nelson are having the scenes that they're having without their side any sort of you know suitable sidekick and i guess anders lee counts as one i think that's fine maybe it's a little disrespectful not to count him as one um mm-hmm. but the point is like it's both of them that don't have help it's not just barzell um right. and had the islanders if the islanders had those guys uh w- w- this team would probably be real different but um <laughs> you know that's that's crying over milk that hasn't even spilt yet or <laughs> Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I thought that the as a whole, that the game was, uh, you know, impressive. Ottinger was really good, but once again, so was Sorokin. Mm. And I thought, uh, the, I don't know, like they reverted back to the Ajo-Dobson-Mayfield-Romanov pairs. Mm. And I remember they did that earlier in the year and it, it it seemed to work. And then they just went back to what it was opening night and then it's, it, it became a disaster. So I'm just... I don't know if if <laughs> w- w- what's going on there, but because uh, I think, th- you know, without pe- that's the other problem is like without Pelic, mm-hmm. everyone's being asked to do too much
0: here and yeah, being
2: exposed. I think that's that game was actually fatigue. all right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again, I thought it was all right. Um, yeah. There there were some cracks in there. You make a good point about Nelson. We'll ta- we're going to talk about Barzell's line mates uh, when we get to the the Canadians game uh, in a little bit. But uh, yeah, that that's fair to say. And, you know, again, it gets back to like you bring in. I'm just saying, throwing out there a Timo Meyer, even a Patrick Kane or, uh, you know, a, a Bo Horvat or somebody like that. Not a Bo Horvat, a Brock or somebody like that, that might be able to score some goals. And all of a sudden, everybody else can filter down to the lineup in, in different spots. And, you know, maybe some of the guys that aren't producing and haven't produced basically all season can find another home or something like that. We'll see. But we'll get to that. Um, just real quick on the shootout. Um, I, I, you know, I've I've said this before, I'm sure. The complaining about the shootout to me is infinitely more irritating than the actual shootout. The shootout is what it is. It's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. And frankly, when we had Franz Nielsen on the Islanders, uh, nobody was complaining about the shootout then. Because why? Because the guy was automatic. But the other side of that coin during that time period was that John Tavares, the Islanders all-world captain, and who was so good at so many things, stunk in the shootout. I don't know if he still stinks because I don't watch him play anymore. But back then, we used to complain all the time, like, how is it this guy can score almost 40 goals a season and yet when he gets a shootout, he's completely, you know, uh, uh, out of creativity, out of ammunition, whatever. Well, now we got a whole team of John Tavareses, like these guys. It'd be, it would be one thing if they couldn't score in the shootout. The Islanders send three guys up in shootouts and there haven't been that many, frankly, thank God this season. But. I can guarantee you that at least two of those guys won't even get a shot on net. Like, they won't even take a shot. That's almost good. They'll shoot wide. It'll dribble off of their stick. It'll go high off into the netting. Like, what are we doing here? Are, are these guys practicing with soccer nets over at Northwell Health? Like, I don't understand. Why is it so hard to just get a shot, take a shot? And if the guy catches it or he stops it, hey, what are you going to do? But, like, it, it, it's almost, like, indicative of, like, the entire way they play, which is, like, they're they're so overthinking what they can do here that they end up doing nothing. And it's like, now it's just you and the goalie. And I mean, you're, you're just not even giving him, you're not even making him make a save. You're just kind of like, you know, three of those shots. I think Barzell was the only one who took maybe a shot, but Bo, uh, Bavillier and Nelson just all lame. Just the, the shots just did nothing. And then, and the worst is when it's the third one and it just squibs off the guy's stick. And you're just like, dude, what? Like, that's it. So, but it's just very, it's very frustrating, but, like we said, I mean, overall, the game was pretty good. It's a lot like the, it was like the Boston game. It was exactly like the Boston game. Good opponent. tried. you know, you, you got, you, you were right with them the whole time and, and you lost a shootout. Oh, and
2: they and they scored a power play goal. And um yes, nice one too. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, you know, we'll, we can talk about the wild game. So they scored a power play goal. And you're like, wow, that, you know, that looked like a, a power play right. goal. That was, that's what a power play looks like. And every, even the bad power plays, like, In the league that we've seen, like the the, I think the Canadians are Mm -hmm. are worse than the Islanders by power play points this year or whatever. (laughs) Um, We've probably seen a few others over this this stretch, um, and none of them look like they don't. They they've lost all concept of what a power play means. No matter how bad they are, they just sometimes have you know bad players or whatever. And um, that power play looked like the Islanders remembered what what a power play is supposed to do for your team, uh which is give you an <laughs> advantage. And uh right. and then I was like, wow, maybe they can build off that and they didn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course not. No, that would that would be too much to ask. Um yeah, I know it's, it's it is weird seeing the Islanders play a game against a team whose power play is somehow worse than theirs is. But uh yeah, so you know the Dallas game it was a loss, but you know, there was something to build on and you thought, okay, here comes Minnesota. I said it before I just, I have a mental block against this team. I would never be afraid of them. And to be blunt, you talk about having opportunities to win the Dallas game. The Islanders had every opportunity to win this game too. Like, you know, the, the, the first period was kind of sleepy on both sides, but Scott Mayfield got a lucky bounce goal and you thought, okay, you know, that's the wake up call that they need. And they can kind of put, you know, turn the the cranks, uh, in the second and third and, and walk out of here with a win and everything will be Okay. Nope. The second and thirds were mostly Minnesota. The Islanders took way too many penalties. They ended up killing off all six, and I'll get to that again in a second. But these were like dumb, careless, stupid penalties. Like two, two of them were delay a game. Romanov sent the puck over the glass. Uh, Mayfield like pushed the puck, pushed the the net off its moorings. Like, yeah. what are we even doing here? Sorokin, like you said, was fantastic. Um, you know, but then. In the span of, what was it, 90 seconds, maybe two minutes, uh, the Wild went from being down one nothing to being up 2-1. to uh, There was a, a shorthanded goal by Freddie Gauthier. It looked like a spectacular save by Sorokin, which would have been his like you know one millionth of the game. Turns out he caught the puck over the line, and it was a goal. And again, it was very deflating. And this was where the Islanders wilted. They didn't wilt against the Stars when Robertson scored early. Here, they just sagged after that point. And then, again, 90 seconds later, Sam Steele off of a turnover from Mayfield. Uh, you know, Mayfield tried to kind of just throw it off the glass like we always do. That's what we're supposed to do here. Sam Steele picks it off. He doesn't care, and he just scores. And then uh, Kaprizov, with an empty netter, made it 3-1. Um, I forgot to mention, the sequence that led to the shorthanded goal was Nelson turning the puck over at the blue line, getting the puck back, and at first you're like, oh, OK, you know, he turned over, but he got it back. Then he tries to pass to Dobson, who then turns it over and it ends up on a two on one. and it ends up with a shorthanded goal that ties the game. Like this was the epitome of just I, I don't know if lazy is the right word. I don't I don't want to say that because I'm sure these guys are working hard. But this is the kind of performance where it seems like they were trying to follow the script, paint by the numbers, do what they need to do, get off the ice, get the next shift on and so on and so forth. When Minnesota doesn't want to hear about that. They need points. They, they're they chasing Dallas. You know, they're trying to stay afloat in the central. And they don't care about the Islanders script. So they just, they're going to work and they're going to take the game back and good, good on them that they did. But man, to throw away a, a performance like this from Sorokin to basically just let a team take a game from you that you need more than they do was just so, so deflating. And the stat everybody talked about at the end was the Islanders had 23 giveaways in the game. And the wild had fought like 23 is a lot. Maybe, you know, some, there was some weird accounting in there, but this is one of those stats where it doesn't matter. They had a lot more than Minnesota did. And I feel like I saw every single one of them happen in real time. And I just kept getting madder and madder as the game went on. Um, Yeah, this was just, I mean, I I can't think of a specific game that made me this mad, but there have been a few and they're all kind of cut from the same cloth. Like you guys could have won this. Like, what are you doing? Are you not reading the newspaper? Do you not see the standings? That's what makes it so irritating. It's like, you you needed this, you could have had it, and you just, you put up little resistance, and somebody just took it from you. It's like, come on, what are we doing out here? Yeah, and
2: I remember when the Islanders got that power play, I was thinking, you know, right. I, I think I even might have even said it to Maddie, like, I just had a bad feeling. I'm like, I just have a bad feeling about this. And my bad feeling was that they would just not score on it and the momentum would shift and the Islanders would have to defend for their lives to get a (laughs) point or something, not (laughs) what ended up happening. Um, And yeah, it was just to the crowd. What was, what was so, what's so nice about these crowds right now is that like the Islanders, if if this was 2000, you know, the 2007 playoff push or 2000, You know we, even when they were the next season or the season before that when they were you know, yeah, you know, false hope in the playoff, mix, like <laughs> six to eight points back or whatever. Uh, nobody would be at these games. Nobody like mm, at the Coliseum. Right. It would, it would be very sparse crowds and a lot of people who couldn't give away their free that freebies or whatever. And um, <laughs> this was a this crowd for the Thursday night uh, against the oh, against the Wild. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it was big. It was loud people were into it Mm. uh and one thing that stood out was after Sorokin made that save that ended up being a goal uh Mm. still outrageous that he even got there (laughs) the the Islanders got the puck in 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 the wild end for a little bit that I think Barzell almost scored but Mm. Uh, while the Islanders were moving the puck around, the crowd stood up and gave o- Sorokin a standing ovation. Like nobody was even watching the game. Everyone was just looking at Sorokin, who was just <laughs> kind of standing in his crease, like hunched over after making the save, which is something that you rarely see. Uh, mm. Yeah, chanting his name. Yeah, all so you, to ruin that moment is unforgivable, I think. And the team, like you said, like the, the Nelson Dobson thing, but they, there were so many plays throughout that game where you're just like, what's what's the point of of like trying to like rooting for this team if 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 you're gonna make mayfield turns the puck over to lose that game after do the the, the net off the mooring and i think mm. he's just i don't know what he, is going on with him over the past you know little stretch here because he's i don't know if he's distracted about it, like the con, like contract or what i don't know what it is <laughs> but but like he's he's reverting back to to pre-trots mayfield and mm. uh i think what one thing that this team used to be so, you know, the the whole identity of this team was the Islanders don't beat themselves. Yeah, and I think if you look at the losses this season, more than half of them, you could probably be like, "Well, the Islanders beat themselves in that one." And hmm. we preach pre trots We used to always kind of scoff at the notion of you know what a team needs an identity. It sounded cliche and and kind of like just you know you know sports speak for for nothingness and um we were wrong i think and and we're (laughs) we're kind of taught like how important that stuff is actually in in an 82 game season where you're you got you know 20 human beings who all need to kind of be on the same page for Mm. six months and uh that identity has just evaporated into the abyss like this this team doesn't have an identity i don't think the identity is they have Ilya sorokin and (laughs) and and matt barzell and brock nelson right now like that's yeah that's not and and what's even more frightening is we're sitting here talking on sunday morning after this game which i said like i can't think of a game i was more despondent after Mm. and the islanders are in a playoff spot technically like i know that that the penguins have game in hand and whatever, but there's, there's 30, uh, 38 games left or so. And, and the Islanders yeah. are in a playoff spot and neither the penguins or capitals are in great form right now. Uh, So like there's, it's a coin flip on if this team makes the the, the season or not, yeah. which, which is outrageous because it, and it tells you, I don't, I really don't know like what to feel about that. <laughs> like, and should I be impressed that they haven't played? particularly well over uh you know or they've been so inconsistent and they're in a playoff spot should i be you know upset that it's a blown opportunity that if they had just been mm-hmm. a little more consistent and beaten teams like the coyotes and, and or gotten yeah. grant god forbid gotten a point in two games against the coyotes or uh <laughs> <you> <laughs> know, predators you know, yeah like maybe they'd, they'd be in a safer spot or i, I really don't know and 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 that's what's so frustrating is, is yeah. that you, I I like just don't know what to feel because game, there's a different team game to game. And even in the trots era, like if the Islanders weren't going well, at least you knew what it was going to look like. Like, right. they, like yeah. it, was, it was just going to this this team, you know, you just you show up to the game, you turn on the game. And and it's like 20 new guys around the ice every game except for one yeah. or, or two. Right. One of them is sometimes doesn't play because, because you can't play him every game. He has to wear a hat on the bench some Um, games. So it's, it's, it's bizarre. I, I, Mm. I really couldn't believe how, how upset I was after that, that game. It's just sitting in my car alone. And um, just thinking like, like go thinking back to the the Dallas game. and, And like, if I, if I thought that, if I thought that I like, what, what would I be doing right now? without this, Mm -hmm. if I just turned the team off and never thought about the Islanders again or watch the Islanders again, (laughs) then why am I not thinking about it now? And and then I was like, well, maybe it's because this is actually what you want. Like you want to sit here alone in your car alone because this team made you sad. And and then, you know, obviously this turns into a whole existential nightmare question. And I'm just, (laughs) once again, just sitting alone and, and then you snap out of it, but then you realize, oh, by the way, at the same time, the Islanders were throwing up all over themselves. The Rangers were playing the Stars and score with 0.1 seconds left and win in overtime. Yeah. And yeah. two nights before that, they played the Wild and they came back and beat them in in overtime. So like right. this it it was such a nightmare of a night. Mm. Because like it wasn't just what was going on with the Islanders like it was what's going on over there too, like that I just couldn't I
0: couldn't like cope. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like with that. And, well, and it's Jeroboam, yeah.
0: I mean, it's just like a whole, you know, again, we've been over this. Like, this team does not have, like we talked about, not, doesn't have the shooters, doesn't have the offensive talent, and it doesn't have the kind of roster that can make that sort of luck happen. Like, you know, if you go man for man, you know, the Islanders more or less talented than the Rangers, it's it's probably even. I mean, obviously, the Rangers have more high-end guys than the Islanders do. In goal, they're, they're more or less even. But, like, they just have guys that make stuff happen at the end of the game, the Islanders just don't. They, they just have guys that kind of run around and, you know, fling the puck wide. Uh, I'm going to get to a quote in a second about that. They just don't do much. And the thing that really, really made me mad about that loss to the Wild was a quote afterwards from Anders Lee. Now, Lee is a passionate guy. We all like him. He's got that square jaw. You know, he, he's Captain America. He's a very likable guy, and he's done a lot for this team. But when he's standing there and he's like, yeah, I thought we played a good game. Our PKers were great, and we had some good looks on the power play. You're like, dude, what are you talking about? Are you out of your mind? Like, and it just it flashback to me a quote I've mentioned on this podcast and on Twitter many times the, from the first year of Barry Trotz when he said when they they lost to a Winnipeg team that had just come off the Western Conference Finals, and somebody was like, you know, were you happy your team hung in with a good a good team? And he was like, they're not paid to hang in; they're paid to win. Like, <laughs> what happened to that? Like, what? Where did that? You know, they're paid yeah. to win. How did that become? well, you know, our PKers were good and our power play got some good looks. Who cares about good looks on the power play? You didn't score on it. You're still 27th in the league. And it's just like, what are we doing here? You know, we're, they're just, again, It's I, I don't want to say it's lazy because I, I do think they're but they're just, they just, they're so stuck to this script and the script only works maybe two thirds of the time. Like, I don't even know. Like, yeah, sometimes it works. And, you know, that gets us to the, the Canadians game where, you know, they, they started out great. And and they were up 2-0 six minutes into the game. And you thought, oh, shit, this is going to be a blowout. These guys, you know, the Canadians stink. The, the Islanders are pissed off after, you know, losing to the, the Wild. They get this lead. And they were great for maybe the first, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes or so of the game. And then I, the rest of the game was all Habs. Like, I, it seemed to me the second period was basically all Canadians. And if it wasn't, again, for Sorokin and they were playing anybody else other than, you know, one of the worst teams in the league, that that game could have finished a lot different. Okay, it ended up 2-1. Uh, Nick Suzuki scored late to to kind of give it a little bit of intrigue. There was a little bit of a push after that, but man, it just seemed like they just didn't want to deviate from the script. And for a team that apparently had stuff to say about you know chafing under trots a little bit in year four, and I totally understand that. It certainly seems like they just want a script to follow, and they're sticking to it. And it, and like by the, in the middle of the second period, they're just like kind of doing these soft dump ins just to get the puck out of the zone what are you doing? You're not, you've got 30 minutes left in the game. Why are we killing this off? Like we're trying to seal a playoff game here. Like you guys need to get more goals. They just didn't even bother. It's just, it drives me crazy to think that these guys just, they're, they're just painting by the numbers. And to get this back to something you were saying before, Bar, with Barzell needing help. So his, his line mates in the game were mainly Parisi and Bale. Now Parisi's had been great. He's again, one of the better bargain contracts in the league. Bailey has been terrible this season. He's been an offensive black hole. It's been really a shame to watch because we like Josh. He's passed his thousandth game. And he, if he has had a single positive impact on any game this season, uh, I would have to go back and review that because (laughs) I don't remember them off the top of my head. And I, I'm looking at shift chart here and I'm looking at Barzell and it says that he played 17 minutes in the game, get 20 ships and his average ice time was 51.8 seconds. Okay, that's that's probably true. I mean, the 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 site is telling me that, but I c- it felt like he basically didn't play the second and third periods of that game. And I'm looking at it again and it seems like the last 5 minutes he wasn't playing. He basically didn't play the last 3 minutes of period 2. He went a whole, you know, big chunk in the middle without playing. Like he was just not on the ice. It wasn't he wasn't playing. He was playing and was invisible. He literally wasn't on the ice and it seemed like every other shift was clutterbuck martin sazikas it's like what are we doing we're not trying to like close out a playoff game here we're trying to win the game put your neck on these put your foot on these guys necks. what are we doing? these guys suck like and so they worked out they walked out with two points but this was not an encouraging two points like i was not you know i i didn't really I, yeah okay fine now they again they went back into the playoff picture it's great but other than that I, this this game made me very worried for their game on tuesday against washington like i just This was not the kind of game I really wanted to see. I wanted to see them kill these guys. And I got a, yeah, I got a punch and then walk out the door and all right, my job is done. It was, if you had told me before the game, the Islanders, they just needed to win.
2: So I wasn't like, I was happy after the game because they want two points or two points. But uh, I think what you, a lot of what you said is, is true. And it, and it's, it it just doesn't give. It wasn't a confidence instilling win, and it looked the the reason it wasn't was because it looked like, for the first twenty minutes, like it was going to be like, oh man, like right. this team came into this game and they knew what they needed to do, which was they need to leave no doubt against the one of the worst teams in the league and go into Monday, and and hopefully build off it, and, then, right. <laughs> and then it just didn't happen, and and I think I thought the same thing about Barzell, and there was one moment. I think it came after penalty kill. So, or power play. Uh, so that the lines were a little jumbled and, and Barzell played with Nelson and Lee and they dominated, just dominated yeah. the Canadians for for a minute and a half. And mm. Butch even said, he's like, wow, we, we, you know, we, we rarely see Barzell and Nelson together. And the whole, the whole shift just looked great. You are know, like yeah. uh, do more of this. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I think that part, part of what was upsetting about that Minnesota wild loss is I don't think it was a, particularly well-coached game and i don't think that this stretch has been particularly well-coached either um the the wild go up to one and the the islanders response to that was to kind of just keep doing what you're doing there's there's no shortening of the bench we 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 understand how important you know matt martin and and cal clutterbuck have been to this team and, and whatnot but uh there's no reason for them to keep playing in that game it's it's not october you know 23rd it's we're in January and you're blowing right. a game that you need a point out of pretty badly. Right. More than half the season is over. Like, right. So <laughs> Matt Martin and, and Cal Clutterbuck will, can sit on the bench. And uh, there was a a point where uh, the the Islanders, they were coming back from a TV timeout with like 3:30 left. And uh, the line that came out was Clutterbuck, Sezekis and uh, maybe Beauvillier or something. But it's like, this is, this is what we're, we're, there's three mi- minutes left. Like, you you're already short on on decent offensive players uh and and two of the two of them are are, are not on the like not on the ice and uh the third one is beauvillier like this is this is not what you want to be doing here mm. uh and then to go into the the, the canadians game i was like it, it it truly felt like that the third and fourth line um played that entire game if, at least it looked that yeah. way like and and I get that in in a tight two nothing game, like two one game where once again, like you lose that game, and and you know, God help any TV in my house, uh, <laughs> I uh, it's over right? Like like that would just mm. be it. It felt like, but um, so I understand you need to to rely on on players like JG Pajio in that game, and and I think Peugeot, by the way has been really good for like a month yeah. now. Those, uh, he's not finishing.
0: I was gonna say those those guys are useful. Like I'm not trying to make them sound yeah. useless, but I just I want to see more of the guys who are gonna put the puck in the net. Yeah, a guy crazy. who would end the game, like like right. which is fine. Like
2: yeah. and and the Islanders they have two of them right now, really, and it's Nelson and Barzell. Like just keep you know you, you it does that doesn't mean they're gonna be taking away JG Peugeot's ice time. They can right. take away Cal Clutterbuck's ice time. <laughs> uh, so Cal, like I thought I was he, I watched him yesterday. I've been I've been mad at him recently because. <laughs> it's just been frustrating to to see, you know, he, yeah. he comes back in the lineup and then he goes to the room. Like he, right after that shift that yeah. I was talking about in the wild game, he went to the room yes. after the, that shift was over. I'm like, I Are you, say, heard again. Like yeah. it's, it's okay to, it's okay for this guy to like not play. It's okay. Um, right. especially with, with what this team's going through. And I know that the, yeah. that the answer would be, okay, we'll throw Ross Johnson. I know like you can probably find someone else. Uh, right. but, uh, the, he, he, yesterday against those Canadians in that, final minute canadians they have their net pulled and i think kova or jack I, somebody was about to dump the puck in from the red line and clutterbuck came from the middle of the ice just to lay this guy out
1: mm.
2: and i was so mad because i was like you just vacate <laughs> you just there's a minute left you're up one goal and you just mm. completely vacated your defensive positioning to just flatten it, to send a message for the last, what, 45 seconds of this game? What yeah. are you doing? That's, that's You're not supposed to be doing that. The whole point of you as a player is, like, you're supposed to be a safe kind of defensive option here. Mm. Um, and he did, act, to his credit, he made a nice play at the very end of the game to, like, dive and chip the puck out. But uh, I w- it was frustrating. But because – and I think this is all kind of related to the same problem, which is that the with the with without the Islanders having – any margin for error in terms of scoring goals? Like they, they won that game two one. They scored two goals against the Canadians, who were one of the worst defensive teams in the league. and, yeah. and, and I thought Sam
0: looked like yeah. Patrick Watt. <laughs> he made some he made some
2: nice saves, uh, especially like, right. he made one on, on Hudson Fashion. He made a couple on Nelson, who's yeah. who's fighting it. It's right very now. good. Yeah, but you got I mean, they, they scored one against the Wild. They scored one against the Stars and two against the Canadians, and somehow they <laughs> got three points. Out of those three <laughs> games, so like even when they're winning, like they're show- they're they're crying for help, and uh, mm. and what that does is like if if you if you can't provide your team with margin for error when Scott Mayfield knocks a net off on purpose or mm. has one of his wildly boneheaded pinches like he did <laughs> in the first minute of that third period against the Canadians once again, I'm, I'm imagining that entire conversation in the locker room was we need to manage this game. We need to, yeah. It makes, we got to see this game out. Don't right. take any unnecessary risks, especially early in the period. And what Mayfield goes out there and, and pinches against the Suzuki Caulfield line and right. completely loses. It's only it. good line. Yeah. They're and, only and, and, two good players. <laughs> and I'm watching a two on one coming down the other end. And I, I was, you know, it was right in the beginning of the period. So I was in my kitchen, kind of like finishing up cleaning and doing dishes and stuff. And and I looked over and I said, I'm just going to walk into the other room and come back. And if they, would cause I didn't want to hear, I would I would resigned to the fact they were going to score a goal. So I just walked into her quickly, walked into the, another room where I couldn't hear or see anything and walked back in to see. And I was like, Oh God, it's still two, nothing. Thank God. Uh, cause I was going to be so mad at Mayfield and I'm just yeah. sick of being mad at these guys. Like yeah, I really too. love these guys. I'm that-
0: just so sick just- of being mad at them, but they keep giving us reasons to. I mean, that's, that's the perfect way to put it. Like I had been dancing around it, but you, you just nailed it. Like we like these guys. We've been living with these guys for 10 years in some cases, but it's like, they're just driving you crazy. Like, again, you know, why was Barzell not on the ice for more of that game? I don't know. It's telling me it's telling me that he was, but I don't believe it. Like I just, I watched that game. And every time I looked at who was on the ice, it was the fourth line. And like you said, Cal Clutterbuck, we love this guy. He's he's a walking injury at this point. Like there, he's going to leave every single every other game with an injury. He's 35 years old. That's that's bound to happen. He's been putting his body through God knows what kind of punishment for years. Like, but what's he still doing out there? And, and the fact that, you know, you have guys that can spell him for a game. I mean, you know who I thought was really good, actually, in the Canadians game was Simon Holmstrom. He had a couple of good back checks. He seemed to be, you know, on his on his game defensively. I don't know if he's ever going to be much of an offensive player, but he certainly understands and is sort of, you know, uh interested in, in playing the defensive role. Give him a turn on the fourth line and then play somebody, you know, call somebody else up and put him on the, you know, a top line or something like that. Like it's or or fashing too seems to be just happy to be here. He'll do whatever you need him to do. Just put him anywhere. And he's doing okay. Like, there's no reason to play Cal Clutterbuck until the wheels fall off. Like, it's okay. But again, there's they they want to stick to this script. They have a script don't don't make any mistakes, and then they go out and they take two delay a game penalties. like you know so so even sticking to the script they can't even do, and it's just it you want to oh, another guy too, Ryan Pollock, love this guy right? been waiting for him to I was there when he got drafted. I was in New Jersey. It was great. I was like, "Oh, this guy's pretty cool. I keep hearing about Jeff Merrick wants this guy in the all star game just so he can be on the the uh hardest shot competition. that's his thing. He's got this hard slap shot. That hard slap shot misses the net by an average of 6.8 miles every single game. <laughs> this guy, he does he need glasses? Like, I don't understand. He he can't hit the net to save his life. If he did go to the All-Star game, he'd probably miss the sensors, and his score would come back 0.0. Like, I don't yeah. – the, the that shot, as hard as it is, isn't going to do you any damn good unless it actually hits the net. And actually, they address this. After the game, Andrew Gross has a whole story about this or at least a blog post, I guess, where uh Lambert Lane Lambert says, you know, we need a we got a great 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 a opportunities, we have to hit the net. It's that simple. Part of that is because we're squeezing our sticks. Guys know there's some goal-scoring drought and they're trying to to be too fine. If you miss the net, you can't score. My dad told me that when I was 5 years old. Okay, that's a great quote. Yes, you're right. You need to hit the net. But like when is that going to start happening? Like it's not ha- Ryan Pollock just lets it fly and the puck can go literally anywhere. And then Lee, again, another, another really kind of troubling quote. He's like, there have been conversations that stays in the room. What has to stay in the room? Hit the goddamn net? That has to <laughs> stay in the room? We can't talk about hitting the net. Um, but you know, we believe in this group, holding guys to a standard that we believe in. We believe in one another, sticking with another, all this stuff. That, that's great, dude. Like we I, I really appreciate that. And I really love that you guys all love each other. That's fine. But you gotta go out and win some games. You I mean, you just you just said it. One goal, you know, they scored four goals this week. Like, what the hell are we doing out here? You got to get, you got to do more than that. You got to get more than that. And it starts next week. And uh, they don't have any time to waste because they got some big games coming up. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. (laughs) We're going to breathe for a second. We're going to talk about those four games and then a few other things uh, coming up. All right, Uh, catch us on the other side. now word from our sponsors first as always vintageicehockey.com where you can get t-shirts hoodies and jerseys featuring over 100 classic hockey logos vintage ice hockey also carries our al arbor and the island merch and our portion of the sales go direct, directly to the center for dementia research thank you so much to everybody who bought the island merch over uh the last uh, couple of months of the season uh we were uh last couple of months of last year we were able to send a, a good amount of money to the center for dementia research uh, and so we really appreciate it i'm sure they do too and uh it's, uh, it's really been fantastic to see people buy the stuff and uh, get the money there. Uh, you can, can use the code ANXIETY to save 15% off your order, and that is VintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from The Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a pinot grigio, and a pinot noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and are available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at ThePinotProject.com. Please drink responsibly. Uh, And then don't forget to pre-order your Anders Lee uh, reverse retro bobblehead from the fine folks at FOCO. Link is in the article and in the podcast description. Get on this because I have absolutely no idea when they're going to go away, but it's a pre-order. So do it right away. That is uh, a FOCO.com. And uh, you can just look up uh, the Anders Lee bobblehead. Uh, Okay, so, yeah, this week, um, actually, the next two weeks are going to be a bit of a bear for the Islanders. Uh, Excuse me, not Tuesday against Washington, Monday against Washington. Celebrate. The legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, <laughs> Islanders Capitals at 730 on Monday. And then uh, Wednesday and Thursdays, a back to back Boston at home. And then they're in Buffalo. And then Saturday, uh, they are at home to Carolina um, Four huge games. You know, the caps are directly in competition with the Islanders for the playoff spot. Uh, the Bruins are out in front, but the Islanders had a good showing against them a couple weeks ago. Don't look now, but the Sabres are not far behind the Islanders and they know it. They know they can, you know, get two points against these guys. It starts to make things very, very interesting. And then Carolina's Carolina again. They're comfortably in first place, but uh, the Islanders ha- have, uh, you know, shown a little bit against them this this week. So, uh, you know, that that's kind of an important game too. The week after is another four week, four game week, by the way. Too Leafs, Senators, and then Red Wings and uh, Knights back to back to close out January. And then they have a week off for the All Star break. But, uh, looking at these first four games here, caps, Bruins, Sabres, hurricanes. I mean, they, they all, this sounds like a stupid question, but there's no other We Might as well just get to it. This is like probably the biggest week of the season. I mean, if they, if they have another week, like they had last week, which is kind of like you know, a bunch of losses, maybe, maybe one, you know, maybe they beat the Sabres in some kind of, you know, lackluster way or something like that. I mean, this could, this could go sideways in a hurry. And, uh, you know, the caps game sticks out as the most important, but man, you know, you you can't, you can't go one and three in these games. Like you need to get points from these guys. You need to win. If not just for their standings for our own psyche, because if they don't, it's going to be very bad. But like you said before, the caps have been kind of slowing down a little bit and the penguins are, uh, really slowing down right now. So, you know, a lot of that depends, a lot of our psyche depends on that too, but man, getting, getting a win on Monday against the caps would be, fairly enormous like i think that that would be a, like a, a real shot in the arm for them but then there's the rest so i don't know what do, What do you think when you look at these four what What do you think
2: yeah I, I think that um the you know the islanders are coming off a win in against montreal and i think if if you listen to this or the way we're talking it sounds like they probably lost just the attitude <laughs> and i think it's because that that win against montreal really doesn't mean anything unless yes. they make some hay this week starting with
0: the game tomorrow against washington yeah. and uh caps are right now three points ahead of the islanders so yeah three points, points ahead
2: 18. with the game with a game in hand and yes. uh like you said, this is the time you want to be playing them which is funny because they got nicholas backstrom and tom wilson in the lineup and uh, i think they've lost uh, every game since they lost two to the flyers in regulation like you, you gotta you gotta make something happen against this team it's just it it is uh you know, it's not a must win game or whatever, but it, it's pretty damn close to, to, a, <laughs> it feels almost like a game one of a playoff series kind of thing, mm. uh, where it's, it's, you know, don't, don't pack up the shop and trade deal. your Sorokin again, uh if they lose, but you, you gotta, it's almost, it's almost at that point where you just got to win. Uh, yeah. And then, and then you, you got this, this kind of back to back weird schedule quirk with, with the Bruins and, and Sabres and, uh one of the things I think it's funny always with the NHL schedule is I feel like the, um, the, the NHL almost acts like the Sabres are because they're in New York are, are like a easy team for the, like for teams like the Islanders or devils or, you know, Rangers to get to. So they play at home and then they have to travel to Buffalo. Buffalo is not all that close um, <laughs> to, to, to to Long Island. So I, I just find it pretty funny, but uh hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you you I just don't want to hear about, oh man, you know, this is a huge game for the Sabers and then and then the Sabers win like every, everybody's rooting for the Sabers. I get it, but like mm. it's just been incessant. If you listen to yeah. uh, you know, you know stuff like 32 thoughts and
0: I I'd uh, love for the Sabers to make the playoffs, just not at the expense of the yeah. I- yeah, exactly. <laughs> like
2: just go do something. Do it do it in a, d- a different way. Right. Um Knock the Leafs out of the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the and then, and then yeah, and then, and then like you you, you you got to, it's a, it's, it's just another, you know, brutal, brutal week. in, in we, a couple weeks ago, I was saying like this, this January schedule is looming and that's why the Islanders needed to kind of get their, their, that, that Western Canada sh- trip was so ominous because of what was looming on the other end. Um, and they really don't get a chance to take a breather until that, that, that all-star break and uh, they come back and, and you, you'd expect them to the schedule softens up for like a week after that Mm -hmm. so they need to get to that to that like kind of soft spot in the schedule where they can truly you know you'd feel good about their chances to to bank some serious points but they have to get to their to that point where banking those points really matters so uh yeah this this week is is really scary and Mm -hmm. uh it's it's just so funny that the I I, I say this a lot like Islander fans are just we're 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 different from our contemporaries or or our rival fan bases because uh, it's 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 truly a 24 7 365 job like on August 3rd (laughs) we're talking about the Islanders and thinking about the Islanders and wondering you know why haven't they done this and you know. And they signed Nikita Sashnikov a couple of days later. And uh, you know, why haven't they done anything? Oh no, they signed Sashnikov, and and then you spend two right. days, th- you know, reading about him and why he's here, and mm. three weeks later he's gone. But um, it's it's we're built differently, and, and so like we've been scoreboard watching this whole time. I think mm. like I like, we talk about it on the show, like oh here yeah. you know the Penguins are charging, the Hurricanes are running away with the different whatever, um and. All of a sudden, like the, the the broadcast, the 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 people who cover the team are like, "Oh boy, the Penguins and Capitals have lost tonight." We're like, "Yeah, dude, we know, we know." <laughs> like I I I have I have the the Penguins and Canucks games, the Penguins Canucks game on. This is how sick I am. I um the Penguins played on Friday night um uh, okay. against uh I can't even remember, but they uh, the Hurricanes and um no, they played yeah they played Saturday against the Hurricanes the night before they played against the Jets. And on the, the Tuesday night when they came back from 3 nothing down to beat the Canucks, uh, I was walking Elvis and I was listening to that game on the radio and the Canucks went up 3 nothing. and I came home and watched the, the Penguins pump in three goals to tie that game in the first period. That's the first time I think I've ever seen a team go up 3 nothing and squander a lead in a first period. Um, <laughs> but the Canucks had scored when I was listening on the radio, so I wanted to watch the Penguins jets game on friday night I, I built my whole friday night around a pittsburgh penguins winnipeg jets game which oh tells you God. a lot and um <laughs> i wanted to watch it and then i realized oh i can't watch it because mm. I, the penguins they played bad when i was listening to it so i listened to it on the radio mm. while i was sitting on the couch and then i uh was dming with someone who uh, about the islanders and and he was going through a similar problem where he refused to watch the game and just follow it yeah. because he turned the game on and the penguins promptly took a lead yeah so like when your superstition bleeds into out of market scoreboard watching it's <laughs> it's 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 it goes back to that question about that I was asking myself in the first period of the Dallas Stars game right. which is you know what would I be doing if without the islanders well I sure as hell wouldn't be listening to a game between the winnipeg jets and, yeah, and Pittsburgh Penguins on a Friday night.
0: Um, I I totally hear where you're coming from because I no offense to Chris King who's obviously been on the, the job for many many years and Greg Picker, but I refuse to listen to Islanders games on the radio, particularly when I come home from the bus because whenever I do, they get their asses handed to them. So I'm just <laughs> like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'll wait till I get home if I have to, <laughs> and then I'll pick it up from the second period on. Can't do it. No offense, guys. It's not you. It's me. I can't do it.
2: So uh, yeah, um, no, I I'm with yeah. you. I, like I just it's right, and and that's why like the 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 we've talked so much about the coverage of the team and it's, I, I, I feel like they're, um, you know, one of the writers in particular is like guys, the capitals are losing right now. We're like, yeah, dude, we know like you don't need to, t- this isn't, this isn't, this isn't like 2001 or, or 1997 where you can't find an NHL score. and yeah. You have to like call a one, eight, eight number to to get the NHL scores. <laughs> right. We know what's going on. Like you don't have to say it. And, and all it's going to do is get people mad when the cap, when Ovechkin scores two goals on a five on three. Uh, yes. and the caps come back, right? Like, so All right. You, you, we're right there. We know we, you tell, we tell will never
0: forgive. We will never forgive Andrew gross oh, for the last gosh. season against the playoffs when they, when they sent him to cover the Rangers and that he had that series over in game three or whatever it was. Yeah. he wrote uh, and a and they column came back about
2: Igor Shostak not being a playoff goalie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they came back to win the damn series. So unfollowed andrew
2: there and and i still i still follow him without giving him the follow he's got a lot a lot of work to do for to to get that follow back because that one as soon as he wrote that i said wow the series is over Uh, and Mm -hmm. and you think i meant the penguins would win because they're up three one and two nothing in in game five i know i knew the rangers
0: are going to come back in that series because of what he just said right and well and so this this gets to something that i wanted to talk about too and i mentioned to mike before we came on so we do we do our share of complaining about media coverage here about the Islanders and and you know coverage about other teams too, and uh, and I, I wish I could say I'm not going to do that, but I am. But uh, <laughs> I, I did I thought to myself, you know what? Okay, so instead of complaining about what we are getting, and you know we'll talk about that in a second. Like, what is it that I want from coverage? What is it that I want from Islanders coverage and and other teams coverage as well, but specifically Islanders coverage? And I hit on a couple of things that are all alliterative because I'm a comic book weirdo uh, for many years, but I want my coverage to be insightful, but not intrusive or indistinct. And what I mean is like, I want it. It's very rare that I read something about the Islanders from any of the, the local beat guys. And I'm like, huh, I didn't know that. Like, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize that, or I didn't see that kind of thing. Like, a lot of we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I, you know, a lot of the coverage is very surface level. And like you said, it's just stuff that we saw. Like, I know that I know that Anthony Beauvillier before that Canadians game had like, you know, one goal in his last 12 games. Or whatever. Like, I know because I've seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen but it. Did, score. You, but did you know that that's not good enough? Did you know? Yeah. Like that? <laughs> oh, well, I missed. I must have missed that. Yeah. But like, that's what I, I want. I want it to be insightful. But at the same time, I don't want it to be like so far kind of up its own ass for lack of a better phrase that it doesn't make any sense. Like I don't want just the blobs. Like I I also don't want to look at a wall of blobs and have somebody go, well, well, can you believe this? And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't get what (laughs) this means. And it made me think about, um, a guy on Twitter goes by shutdown line. His name is Corey Schneider. We're going to get him on weird Islanders. He'd probably be fun too. He's a hurricanes fan, but he covers basically the, the NHL. And he does a good job of writing blog posts that kind of explain how a guy, you know, is having a season—the season the seasons that he's having—or how it, why a team is having the season it's having because of their tactic or something—and it's all really interesting. But he only writes about the Islanders maybe once a year. Like he did a thing about Barzell. I forget if it was earlier this season or maybe last season. And like he's—he's he's a good. Our friend Carrie Haber too is very good at like writing in a way that kind of illuminates these blobs and these lines and these charts and makes them readable for dumbasses like me, basically, you know. And so that's kind of what I want. But I also don't want it to be too much. Like I think we could all agree that there are just way too many people covering the Leafs, right? Like we talk about this all the time. There's way too many people talking about them, writing about them, podcasting about them, whatever. And they're not the only ones. The Oilers, the Canucks. Oh my god! They're every every day, there's another Canucks blogger out there who's got his you know got some inside information about who's getting traded or who's getting fired or whatever. Like and and it it becomes so much. Yes, it's irritating. But it what it really does is it becomes so much that it drowns everything out. And so even the people that are making like legitimate points get kind of drowned out by the noise. Like if we had a Steve Dangle in the Islanders world, I don't know if I can handle it because he just sucks all the air out of the room and I couldn't take it right? because it's just yelling and shouting. And it's like, dude, I want to, I want to know something interesting. I don't want to hear you yelling and screaming uh, in your Jersey with your, you know, room of memorabilia. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. And it's just not what we're getting. And again, like, you know, I, I get what these guys are trying to do and it's it's hard to get stuff. Out of anybody on the team, you know, you're getting these sort of canned responses. You know, Barry Trotz used to hold court and do these cool things and, and say these sort of interesting philosophical bon mots, um, which maybe obscured the fact that he really wasn't telling you much of anything. But <laughs> at the same time, he kind of was like, you know, more than we're getting now. And so that's what I want. And it's, it's unfortunate that we don't get that. Like, we don't really get these sort of illuminating articles. Instead, we get like, oh, you know, they, they want to shoot more well, thanks. Like, that's great. <laughs> you know, I, I could tell, I could have told you that. I didn't have to, I didn't have to look at anything. I, I know they need to shoot more. They keep hitting, you know, I my, oh, sorry. I didn't even get to this before. My favorite is the, the, um, uh, purposefully shooting it wide in order to get it, like a rebound or something. How about trying to just shoot on the net? Stop shooting it wide on purpose. Like that's now you're making things way too difficult, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that's I wanted to try and be a little bit more constructive than just being like, oh, man, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I, haven't, I don't even listen to the Jeff Merrick show anymore because I look at the list of topics and I'm like, I don't want I don't want to <laughs> hear about any of this stuff. I can't. Um, And so I don't try, I don't believe those guys are going to talk about the Islanders anyway, so I don't really care. But even if they did, it would just be garbage anyway. But, you know, I, I would just from the local guys, I, I really wish there was a little bit more like, huh, I didn't I didn't know that. Like, that's an interesting thing. Who's, who's, you know, who works on a line together? Why aren't these guys on more lines together? Why isn't this guy doing this? It's just, we don't get that kind of stuff. We get, here's what happened. Bye. It's like, thanks.
2: (laughs) And, and I like, I I, I think that comes down to not understanding the fan base because, yes, Islander, like I said, you know, Islander fans are not only are we, you know, weeds deep into this team and (laughs) watching every game and every second and, uh like our lives depend on it. We're also listening to the Canucks or Jets Rangers, uh, Jets and Penguins game on the radio and stuff. Like, like it's, mm. you don't need to, you don't need to just tell us that what the score is or who, who you know, who's, who's in a scoring slump. Cause we, we know that. Right. Uh, but, but what you could do is like, Oh man, Nelson, Barzell and Lee played a shift together yesterday and they played a few here and there in the, in the, uh, throughout the season. Why don't we ask for a team that can't score a goal to save its life? Why aren't they playing together? Like why don't you just, you know, mix and match further down the lineup to make sure we can get these guys more ice time together? Um mm. no, we don't get that stuff because uh it, it just kind of goes unnoticed, mm. uh, I think, cuz it's it's
0: Right. Here it's are not. eight trade targets for the Islanders. Oh, <laughs> okay. Maybe one of them gets traded yeah. for? Maybe most likely none of them will be. That's not really helpful, you know. Right. Okay. Like, I, I, we, we, and we, yeah, we know that we, we talk
2: about him all the time. Like we know who these guys Mm. are. Like, (laughs) just tell us, tell us what they have to do to, to get to that point. Like, like what can you, what's the, what's, what are the tea leaves on, on like a player like Anthony Beauvillier? Like what, what are the, Mm. what, what happens when Adam Pellick comes back? Like, Parker watherspoon has been pretty good. Like, is he just out of the lineup? I don't know. It's, it's all, it's just, it's frustrating. And that's, it leads, it, it all adds up too. I think if the team was winning, obviously the tone of the coverage would be different. First of all. Uh, and it does feel like when the Islanders lose, it's, it's almost like, uh, uh, especially from, from, uh, one writer in particular, it's like, ha ha Islanders lost. Like, no, we, yeah, mm. thanks buddy. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like oh man that the islanders probably should have won that game but they lost it sucks for you dummies like yeah hmm. watch this team like okay um that's that's kind of the tone that it comes across as yeah. which is not helping but uh yeah like it it would be a lot different if, if this team was winning but it's and and this all kind of adds to the frustration of the season which has been all over the place and kind of uh another you know area of, of contention too is like this is the 50th anniversary of the Islanders and mm. it that if if you're an Islander fan and and you've if you've watched this team more than 5 years even if you've watched this team starting last season cuz last season was such a chore like you deserve a huge huge medal like this is this this team is <laughs> is makes up makes up things to to
0: screw right. up and
2: and right. a, a freaking con man bought the team like this yeah, is, few like, this teams
0: is, have done more to give their fans more reasons to quit than the Islanders yeah. have, right?
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: Um,
2: and it's the 50th anniversary of the team, so they should be celebrating the fans mm. uh, that have stuck with this team. Yeah. Um, but instead, like the whole 50th anniversary thing, I, I, when I saw the logo like come out in August, I was like, "Damn! Like this is great! Like it looks, it, it, you know, yeah. it's cool. It feels like they're going to really do anything." They they released all these like decade nights, and even those like. They just haven't really lived up to what I expected, I guess, out of, out of what was going to come because it feels, it feels much more like this, like what a, you know, CVS or like Walgreens would do to celebrate their 50th (laughs) anniversary than what a sports team would do. Like, this is just like a brand celebrating, yo, oh, by the way, you get 5% off, you know, waters, bottled water at, at, uh, to celebrate our 50th anniversary. No. How about like, you, you do something like, this is the 50th anniversary. And I know the Canadians are, you know, different because they, 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 mm-hmm. they have these ceremonies. They had one for PK Subban and this mm-hmm. past year, like they, they do them really well. And and they're so, you know, people, right. they're the gold standard in the NHL for this kind of yeah. stuff. But why aren't you just watching what they're doing and being like, we, we, like we need to do, like, we need to, to give more back to our fans, like give them a reason to show up 10 minutes early to a game so we can yeah. honor, you know, parts of this history rather than just saying like, Oh, it's nineties night, by the way, get ready to get ready to hear weed us on in the, uh, you know, do your, you know, sing along to teenage dirt bag. Like, no, give us Islander (laughs) stuff. Like, like, come on, like, please, like, this is, this is, this team means so much to us and, uh, has for so long and it's been 50 years like that this team somehow has
0: survived. Well, that's what I was going to say was like the fact that they're even still here. 50 years later is kind of a miracle in and of itself right like yeah. it's almost like that that just deserves celebration in and of itself i mean how many times could they how many how many places were they earmarked to move because they had no arena or yeah. because they they were like a blight on the league so i don't know
2: <laughs> but yeah just more of it would be nice like just more yeah. more like, like it's almost like the coverage it's like very surface yeah. level stuff and and I, yeah. and I think that Islander to Islander fans, like what matters the most to Islander fans is the game. Like they show up to, to a game mm-hmm. to, they go to a UBS arena. All they want to do is watch the game. They just, they, they don't really, yeah. for the most part, don't really give a shit about, um, you know, stuff in the suite or, or whatever. Like they just, they're there to watch the Islanders blow a one goal lead in the third mm-hmm. period and, and leave angry. That's why we're here. Like they're not, they're not here for the other stuff, but at the same time, like, that needs to be celebrated like that they they still are coming and and hopeful and that this team can provide what would be a smidge of joy compared to mm. just a sea of sadness that that has has been for, for surrounding this team for the most part of the 30 years and and that goes to to the point I was talking about that crowd on Thursday night against the wild It's like mm. the, the fan base has has grown big time like you Oh you definitely can see and yeah uh like i feel if, if it's great to see like we talk about how like the you need to create new fans and stuff and like we need we need these new fans to see like oh man you you, you wouldn't believe you know what what this team was going through in like the early 2010s or mm. the mid 2000s when uh you know the the Coliseum was crumbling and they were there was a vote on whether or not to build a new <laughs> arena on a Friday in August and yeah. somehow it didn't work. They moved to Brooklyn. They came back. And right. if if you're wondering why some people who don't follow hockey are still asking you, Oh, do the Islanders still play at the Barclays center? Here's why. <laughs> like, like there's, there's so much that needs to be, that should be celebrated yeah. that just hasn't been in, yeah. in, in, in the year that you're supposed to do it. Like, yeah. so
0: I feel like, yeah, no, it is, it is. And, and, you know, that that 50th anniversary logo has just kind of become sort of part of the background now. Like, it just sort of is a thing. It's, it's a very classy logo. It's very nice. But, yeah, what they've done with it hasn't really, I don't think, been as much, especially during the first half. Like, now you're starting getting to, like, the bobbleheads they obviously had a whole thing about for bossy uh against the canadians which makes sense montreal was his you know kind of adopted hometown a little bit uh and the canadians have always had a a healthy respect for for bossy as i think most people have but the canadians in particular and obviously like he was tied with you know Guy Lafleur, who also passed away a couple weeks later so so that was that was very nice his daughter was there she's an artist she she had a whole you know piece of artwork that they had a little tape piece with her and then she met with shannon so like these are all very nice things but they're coming you know Forty whatever games into the season, and again, they don't feel like fiftieth anniversary things. It feels like a Mike Bossy thing, which is cool. His birthday, I think, is around the corner, actually, but uh, it doesn't feel like a fiftieth anniversary thing. And like you know, what you're talking about there, all that kind of you know stuff that happened, kind of you know in the late the team's later years. I think they kind of need to embrace that sort of stuff. Yeah, like it's it's great that we embrace the dynasty. Everybody has that dynasty, and and the thank God for the dynasty because if not the Islanders would be the Vancouver Canucks, right? Like the Canucks are a team that has, you know, they've been around for longer than 50 years and have almost nothing to show for. Like they're really, you know, their latest thing is like they're, you know, uh, uh, Tyler Toffoli, uh, needed, uh, um, or no, excuse me, Trevor Lewis needed surgery on his hand. And, uh, Quinn Hughes was like, yeah, this is like the third time he's done it. We don't really know what's going on. And now they have to investigate how, how his hand got broken three times. Like this is the Canucks. Meanwhile, the Islanders, we can go back and remember, Hey, remember Mike bossy? Remember Clark Gillies? Remember (laughs) Dennis Potman? All these guys. It's like, we have that kind of thing. Um, And so it's great. But the Islanders have, are a lot more than that. Like we should embrace that kind of stuff. And, and I know it's hard, you know, from a marketing perspective to like talk about the time your team moved to Brooklyn and then didn't like it and came back, or the time, you know, you were bought by a con man, or the time that, you know, Pat Lafontaine got laid out on the Garden Ice and they, you know got destroyed by the Rangers in a playoff series, or even the pre-dynasty stuff. You know, the 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 stuff the time you, you know, uh won twelve games in your first season. But that that's all part of fifty years. Like we kind of right. need to embrace that sort of stuff. And and it does uh it, you know, it, it would go a long way to to kind of talk. I mean, bobbleheads are nice, but like, you know, I just obviously I want you to pre-order your Anders Lee Retro reverse retro bobblehead from the fine folks at Foco, but that's the thing, you can get a bobblehead anywhere. Like, I don't you know, we don't need a 50th anniversary bobblehead, because then you know what's gonna happen, they're gonna have another Dennis Podvan bobblehead next year. Yeah. So what difference does it make? Um, you know, there is still time, obviously. I'm sure I don't think we've had alumni weekend yet, right? So yeah. That's always fun um when guys come out but you know hopefully we get some new guys the guy everybody wants to see is ziggy palfy like this guy is sort of like the missing link to a lot of eras and and we haven't seen him in a long time nobody knows where he is he's like an international man of mystery find him you know get a get a team of of bounty hunters out there find this man bring him to to belmont get him on the ice to wave to people and people will go absolutely bonkers like it's especially now this year with the reverse retro man Nobody would be a bigger star at alumni night than Ziggy Palfi, And he might not even realize like, well, how much he means to this team and this, this you know, this fan base. So yeah, that would is, be yeah. a huge thing. If him know, and, him if and they Duke did that, was... it would redeem a lot of this. So. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. Right. Like it's, a, it doesn't yeah. take much. It just takes one night, right. like night where you're like, like he, um, it was a Trent Hunter interview on the mm. broadcast a couple, I mean, in the middle of that heart nightmare trip. Like, and I was like, this is great. Like Trent Hunter, like I would be starstruck by Trent Hunter. Um, right. And and like that stuff goes a long way, and and it just there just hasn't uh, you know been enough of it, and 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 by no means is this like a an indictment of of, of like the Islanders game ops. Like the, go, going to the games has been a very enjoyable experience. I think v s anniversary on a whole, like it's it's just more of like it's been good, but like it's the fiftieth anniversary, so let's let's go, let's you know take it, take a take a chance rather than you know <laughs> go, trying to go viral for for a fake wedding proposal or or like <laughs> the, bringing yeah. bringing ken rosenthal to the game yeah you know what what like that stuff it, it it's funny yeah. here and there and, it, and like it makes you chuckle but like if yeah. if, if wade dublowitz or ziggy palfi or or uh mm. you know matthias weinhandle were to a game it it, it would it would be <laughs> much different
0: yeah i mean they just announced they they had awarded uh a lady the as a one millionth fan at ubs arena and that's cool, great. I'm, that's that's awesome. Like they probably gave her a bunch of stuff and tickets and swag, and that's fantastic. Congratulations to her and her family. But like that doesn't really do much for the rest of us, right? Like, right. okay, great, you know. And then they again they try to make it like kind of viral moment, and it just didn't happen. But yeah, so I mean, there's still time. But if it's more of the same for the next, you know, however many home games, and it kind of comes and goes, it, again, much like the team on the ice, it, it would be kind of a missed opportunity. You, you only get 50th anniversary one time. Right. Right. so Kind of want to make the most of it. So Um, that being said, speaking of uh, players from Weird Islanders eras, new Weird Islanders podcast uh, dropped on Friday uh, in case you missed it. Uh, It is with our friend Noel Fogelman, and it is about Justin Mapleton, the man who kind of missed the advent of the blogs and the podcast uh, and the social media revolution. I know uh, there are message boards that I'm sure had their way with, with him uh, at the time, but that was uh you know, kind of more of a private thing. Um, he's kind of a, a forgotten prospect of the Islanders that uh, we had a lot of hope for and just didn't work out. And, and on the, it's funny that it, we did that the week that the athletic put out their prospect pool rankings. Islanders are 27th. And man, if you think that this prospect pool is bad, when Justin Mapletoft is the guy you're all hoping for, <laughs> it's really bad (laughs) and so mike and i and noel we had a great conversation about that and uh he he was a great player in junior and a heck of a player in the uh the ahl level but just never translated to the nhl and uh and he's doing well he works for a software company now also you have to know so noel has has interviewed him and you have to hear about what what maple top's biggest regret is from his islanders playing days because it it was hilarious (laughs) we were all laughing about it so check it out weird islanders the podcast and then we'll have another one coming up uh I believe uh, the last week in January is another one the, before they play the Rubbing. So check it out. Um, that's about it. Uh, Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day. Um, you know, check out the, the pinot project.com and vintage ice Uh Michael Leboff, uh any final thoughts uh, before we move on into this very uh, monumental week for the Islanders coming up?
2: I just hope that they surprise us. Kind of like, you know, I, 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 I don't, I hope this doesn't sound like, you know, giving up hope because i i, I i'm not I, I think that you know they they have every bit of a chance to to make we're, this a season we're know? really
0: not allowed to because right. the other teams are kind of keep giving us hope, enough just enough right. to kind of keep us there
2: <laughs> and um and uh, yeah i hope it, it wasn't like that at all but um you know, I I I, remember, I think back to that first week of the season where they, you know, went two and four or whatever, and, and then they surprised <laughs> us with that run. So let's just, I just hope it's the next time we talk, we're like, Jesus Christ, did not see that one coming. We owe all these guys an apology.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I would I would love to eat some words this time yes. next week, to be honest with you. So there you go. Uh, yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. And uh, where can everybody uh, find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lee Basket with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big League Bowski, Read his work at Action Network. Uh, watch the uh, the Darts Championship videos if you haven't already, because it was very exciting. They've gone viral. Talk about going viral. There's like yeah. TikToks about it, everything. And uh, and Mike was there on the scene, so that's uh, a very exciting time. Yeah. <laughs> sorry exciting. that it, sorry that it's over. <laughs> and the Australia, well the Australian Open starts tonight, so that's that's Oh, exciting. well there you go. Okay, so you got a little bit more because because if this week does go sideways for the Islanders, you're going to need those darts to. Yeah. Keep your spirits up. So. <laughs> so there you go. Uh and uh thanks for listening. We'll be back next week and uh, we'll see how the Islanders fare uh after these four uh huge games. All right. Until then, thanks a lot. Uh enjoy. Remember, uh the game against the caps is on Monday at 7 30. So you know, don't, don't think it's Tuesday. I made a mistake before. Uh enjoy and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks a lot.
1: Bye-bye.